We're glad you've joined us on Songs of Praise, an hour of musical reflection to encourage your heart.
pleasures I have tasted that you were never in and I confess that though your love is in me it doesn't always win me when competing with my
We hope you're enjoying Songs of Praise. Here's some more inspirational music.
this green earth his plan of salvation he set forth with matchless eternal mighty power so answer to him this very hour put your trust in the alpha and in his great plan never doubt the omega for his everlasting 
Jesus came to earth and fulfilled his plan. His Father desired to save all men. He offered his life and went to the grave, all for us to be rescued and saved. Put your trust in the Alpha and in his great plan. Never doubt the Omega, for his everlasting power will stand. Now behold, one day he is coming soon, in dawn's early light or afternoon. The Alpha Omega, power untold, rise up, praise him, let his word be told. Put your trust in the Alpha and in his great plan, never doubt the Songs of Praise continues with more inspirational music. When a million years have passed 
King eternal, the day of March has come. Henceforth in fields of conquest, thy tent shall be our home. Through days of preparation, thy grace has made us strong. And now, O King eternal, we lift our battle song. Lead on, O King eternal, till sin's fierce war shall cease. And holiness shall whisper the sweet amen of peace. For not with swords loud clashing, nor roll loud stirring drums, but deeds of love and mercy, the heavenly kingdom comes. Lead on, O King eternal, we follow not with fears, for gladness breaks like morning where thy face appears. Thy cross is lifted o'er us, we journey in his light. The crown awaits the conquest, lead on, O God of cried out to crucify they nailed him to a rugged cross and left him there to die they gambled for the royal robe he wore not knowing they had crucified my lord he bore the sin and shame of all mankind and as he hung there dying, I was on his mind. His sacrifice and love some don't appreciate. But I would like to speak and set the record straight. That's my God and I love him. That's my Jesus. He died. Some say he's nothing more than fairy tale. He's just a myth or legend. His presence is not real. His word is not correct politically. They curse and mock his name defiantly. Oh, but time has never changed. Changeless one 
cannot disprove the existence of God's Son, though some may be content to just sit by. I, for one, must stand and testify that my
so great a God as our God. Thou art the God that dost wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Who is like unto the Lord most high, who filled the seas and formed the skies, who walks upon the wings of the wind, whose thoughts no
you're listening to Songs of Praise. It's our desire to encourage and uplift your thoughts to our loving Creator God.
Join us again next time on Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio, to enjoy more uplifting music. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet, and positive relationships with other people, to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator, who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie, and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Alan White. Continuing chapter 27, Liquor Traffic and Prohibition. There is no man whose interests the liquor traffic does not imperil. There is no man who for his own safeguard should not set himself to destroy it. Above all other places, having to do with secular interests only, 
Legislative halls and courts of justice should be free from the curse of intemperance. Governors, senators, representatives, judges, men who enact and administer a nation's laws, men who hold in their hands the lives, the fair fame, the possessions of their fellows, should be men of strict temperance. Only this can their minds be clear to discriminate between right and wrong. Only then can they possess firmness of principle and wisdom to administer justice and to show mercy. But how does the record stand? How many of these men have their minds beclouded, their sense of right and wrong confused by strong drink? How many are the oppressive laws enacted? How many the innocent persons condemned to death? Through the injustice of drinking lawmakers, witnesses, jurors, lawyers and even judges, many there are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink that call evil good and good evil that justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous man. Of such God says, and it's found in Isaiah 5, 22-24, Woe unto them, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust. Because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. The honour of God, the stability of the nation, the well-being of the community, of the home and of the individual demand that every possible effort be made in arousing the people to the evil of intemperance. Soon we shall see the result of this terrible evil as we do not see it now. And this was written 100 years ago. Who will put forth a determined effort to stay the work of destruction? As yet the contest has hardly begun. Let an army be formed to stop the sale of the drugged liquors that are making men mad. Let the danger from the liquor traffic be made plain and the public sentiment be created that shall demand its prohibition. Let the drink-maddened men be given an opportunity to escape from their thraldom. Let the voice of the nation demand of its lawmakers that a stop be put to this infamous traffic. In both Proverbs 24 and Jeremiah 13, it says, If you forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if you say, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he, God, that pondereth the heart, consider it? And he that keepeth your soul, doth not he know it? And what will you say when he shall punish you? End of chapter 27. Chapter 28. Uh, we are reading from a new section now called The Home. Chapter 28 is the ministry of the home. The restoration and uplifting of humanity begins in the home. 
The work of parents underlies every other. Society is composed of families and is what the heads of families make it. Out of the heart are the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23 And the heart of the community, of the church and of the nation, is the household. The well-being of society, the success of the church, the prosperity of the nation, depend upon home influences. The importance and the opportunities of the home life are illustrated in the life of Jesus. He who came from heaven to be our example and teacher spent 30 years as a member of the household at Nazareth. Concerning these years, the Bible record is very brief. No mighty miracles attracted the attention of the multitude. No eager throngs followed his steps or listened to his words. Yet during all these years, he was fulfilling his divine mission. He lived as one of us, sharing the home life, submitting to its discipline, performing its duties, bearing its burdens. In the sheltering care of the humble home, participating in the experiences of our common lot, he increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. Luke 2, 52 During all these secluded years, his life flowed out in currents of sympathy and helpfulness. His unselfishness and patient endurance, his courage and faithfulness, his resistance of temptation, his unfailing peace and quiet joyfulness were a constant inspiration. He brought a pure, sweet atmosphere into the home, and his life was a leaven working amidst the elements of society. None said that he had wrought a miracle, yet virtue, the healing, life-giving power of love, went out of him to the tempted, the sick, and the disheartened. In an unobtrusive way, from his very childhood, he ministered to others and because of this, when he began his public ministry, many heard him gladly. The Saviour's early years are more than an example to the youth. They are a lesson and should be an encouragement to every parent. The circle of family and neighbourhood duties is the very first field of effort for those who would work for the uplifting of their fellow men. There is no more important field of effort than that committed to the founders and guardians of the home. No work entrusted to human beings involves greater or more far-reaching results than does the work of fathers and mothers. It is by the youth and children of today that the future of society is to be determined. And what these youth and children shall be depends upon the home. To the lack of right home training may be traced the larger share of the disease and misery and crime that curse humanity. If the home life were pure and true, if the children who went forth from its care were prepared to meet life's responsibilities and dangers, what a change would be seen in the world. Great efforts are put forth. Time and money and labour, almost without limit, are expanded. 
in enterprises and institutions for reforming the victims of evil habits. And even these efforts are inadequate to meet the great necessity. Yet how small is the result? How few are permanently reclaimed? Multitudes long for a better life, but they lack courage and resolution to break away from the power of habit. They shrink from the effort and struggle and sacrifice demanded, and their lives are wrecked and ruined. Thus even men of the brightest minds, men of high aspirations and noble powers, otherwise fitted by nature and education to fill positions of trust and responsibility, are degraded and lost for this life and for the life to come. For those who do reform, how bitter the struggle to regain their manhood. And all their life long, in a shattered constitution, a wavering will, impaired intellect, and weakened soul power may reap the harvest of their evil sowing. How much more might be accomplished if the evil were dealt with at the beginning? This work rests in a great degree with parents. In the efforts put forth to stay the progress of intemperance and of other evils that are eating like a cancer in the social body, if more attention were given to teaching parents how to reform the habits and character of their children, a hundredfold more good would result. Habit, which is so terrible a force for evil, it is in their power to make a force for good. They have to do with the stream as its source and it rests with them to direct it rightly. Parents may lay for their children the foundation for a healthy, happy life. They may send them forth with their homes, with moral stamina to resist temptation and courage and strength to wrestle successfully with life's problems. They may inspire in them the purpose and develop the power to make their lives an honour to God and a blessing to the world. They may make straight paths for their feet, through sunshine and shadow to the glorious heights above. The mission of the home extends beyond its own members. The Christian home is to be an object lesson, illustrating the excellence of the true principles of life. Such an illustration will be a power for good in the world, far more powerful than any sermon that can be preached is the influence of a true home upon human hearts and lives. As the youth go out from such a home, the lessons they have learned are imparted. Nobler principles of life are introduced into other households and our uplifting influence works in the community. There are many others to whom we might make our homes a blessing. Our social entertainments should not be governed by the dictates of worldly customs, but by the Spirit of Christ and the teaching of His Word. The Israelites in all their festivities included the poor, the stranger and the Levite, who was both the assistant of the priest in the sanctuary and a religious teacher and a missionary. They were regarded as the guests of the people to share their hospitality on all occasions of social and religious rejoicing and to be tenderly cared for 
in sickness or in need. It is such as these whom we should make welcome to our homes. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing, here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Psalm 80 is a testimony of Asaph and was written for the choir director. The theme for this psalm is May Israel be restored once more. Please listen to your servants, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead the children of Joseph like a flock of sheep, you whose presence is between the cherubim, show us your glory. In full view of Ephraim, Benjamin and Manasseh, show your strength by saving us. Rescue us from our troubles, O God. Turn your glorious face toward us, O Lord, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of the multitudes, how long will your anger continue? How long ignore the prayers of your people? You have fed them with tears for food given them tears to drink without end. You have made us contentious with our neighbours, so that our neighbours only laugh at us. Restore us to where you want us to be, O God. Turn your glorious face toward us, and we shall be saved. You brought the vine of your people from Egypt. You expelled the Gentiles and planted us here. You opened up the land. The vine took root and it filled all the promised land. It cast a shadow on the hills and the plains, even shading the cedars of God with its leaves. It spread as far as the great sea. Her branches reached to Euphrates. But then you broke down her fences of safety so that anyone could scavenge her fruit. The wild boar came in and dug up its roots and the wild animals devoured all its good things. Please come back to us, we plead, O God of hosts. Look upon us in mercy from heaven and visit this vine and the vineyard that you planted here, the root which you placed in this fertile soil. It is now withered, burned with fire and cut down to the ground. We perish when you look upon us harshly. Please be gracious to us whom you planted here. Look kindly on the people who enjoyed your blessing. We vow that we will not turn away from you. Revive our broken spirits, and we will pray to you. Put us back where we belong, O Lord of hosts, and your glorious face shine upon us, and we shall be saved. 